When We Talk is brought to you by On We Plus, our membership service. It's a way for you guys to help us make more stuff more often. We want to listen to the fans that help us out the most and give them extra content for them to enjoy. So we've got three levels. $5, you get 24-hour early access, exclusive shows like On We Talk Extra, Marty Talk, any pilots we put out, you guys will be able to see them first. We're also working on an exclusive Q&A podcast and live streams for members, and we get our store going, you get discounts as well. For $10, gold member. All our seasonal shows will become yours before the first episode is even released to anybody else. You'll be able to get involved in exclusive AMAs and contests in the future. And then for $15, for our biggest fans, become an elite member. For people who want to join our town halls to give direct input on our content, and soon we'll have exclusive opportunities for people to help out with our content and events for our loyal supporters. The more people we're able to have help out, the more content we can create for members and for everyone. And we want to make more for you, and the best way to do that is to become a member. So join us at onwe.tv slash plus and help your friends out. Oh, fuck you. Should we, should we get well, so, started? Um, I, have to, I have to ask you, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Matthew, I have to, I'm kind of curious. Have you seen um, the new Black Panther movie? Have I seen the new Black Panther? No, I have not. And really? should I see the new Black Panther? No. <laughs> no, I was going to go straight pretty, out with that. Pretty blunt blunt answer no um and it's because it's not interesting enough to watch i never really like for marvel movies a lot of people have gone up to me and said oh you don't like marvel movies so no i just don't like boring movies and for the most part marvel have come up with very bland films and um they make the occasional really great film and I and I always like say to them like wait a minute no I like Guardians of the Galaxy I like Iron Man I really really loved their take on you know on Th- on uh, Thor and Thor Ragnarok like I I really like Taika Waititi and like some of the directors they have on for it are really good but at the same time they can also make complete garbage like Ant Man in my opinion I hated Ant Ant Man because it was like it, they took the ideas from Edgar Wright, who was going to direct it, and then they just completely booted him off the project because he ha- he didn't like the fact that he would have to tie it in with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He wanted it to make be its own thing. But can't you do both? Can't you sort of tie it in without it? Do you know what I mean? I think you can. Like, it's like what level yeah. did he did did he have to tie it into? Do you know what I mean? Um, ma- massively to the point where he didn't feel comfortable with it. Yeah, they would have let him do whatever the hell he wanted for the most part, but they also wanted him to tie it in with like the Avengers and stuff, and he hated that. He didn't want to like ha- it, ha- it to have anything. He wanted to make his movie. He didn't want to have his ideas conflict with, um, say like any other director really. Yeah, I I understand it. Like I understand that like. Okay, he's got the budget for, like, a huge film and all that sort of thing. Mm. But, and, you know, it's in this... Like, you can still make it a Marvel movie without it making... Do you know what I mean? Like, without it tying in so much that it makes it feel... Do you know what I mean? Like, you want it to stand out on its own. And I think that's... If that's his goal, then that's his goal. You would... I think he would have been able to do it. Like, if they just let him do it, he would. they would have been able to achieve the exact... like. You know, all the executives achieve, okay, it ties into the universe. But he achieves this very unique on its own film. Was, did, what is, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, 
I think you need to trust the director sometimes. Mm. And I think sometimes executives just go, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, they're the ones with the, they're the ones with the money. They're the ones with all the, all the power. Do you know what I mean? I it's just sad. I, I think it was sad. like he he was kind of like annoyed by the fact that there's so much like control over it as well, um, because it was like Ant Man. Like Ant Man was like his baby. Like he who's um, there was like a bunch of people um, who said basically they just like killed off one of potentially one of the greatest like comic book scripts of all time because a bunch of people read Edgar Wright's script and they were like, "This is amazing. This is like." This is the greatest thing uh, for a comic book character. And they, they just like were like, oh, yeah, but you got to tie it in with the universe, the MCU. And he's like, fuck that. <laughs> We're not dealing with that. No, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit much. Do you know what I mean? I don't think you have to. Mm. I think it's like, I don't know. There's a balance. Surely there's a fucking balance you can come to. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, they wanted him to do that balance, actually. They had that idea. They all kind of do more or less have that balance, but they wanted that, like, extra scene, and that would have been, like, a problem for his vision, which is why he went on to make uh, Baby Driver, and Baby Driver was, like, um, to a lot of people, a fantastic film. I liked Baby Driver a lot, but, yeah. Mm. It's a very interesting looking film. It's it's also very um because the only thing I've really seen um what's his name? The main guy. Well is he the main guy? He is. Yeah, Ansel um Ansel Elgott. Mm. When he was in fucking The Fault in Our Stars, a lot like what well, that's like four years ago now. So it's like going from this like romantic teen drama into like this action crime film it's just like it's such a different thing yeah it's so odd seeing him in that because he's, he's got that like he's got that baby face as well yeah he's got that like lovable that's, kissable that's the name baby driver and why his name character's named baby <laughs> um, exactly, well, exactly and it's just oh it's just so interesting yeah it's 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 dumb fun i think like it's probably one of the more different films that edgar's done like i i love it but it's not his best but it is definitely like one of his most original films because it's so independent. Because all his other films have like have been, they've always been like funded by some really big production company and stuff. And to a certain extent, yeah, um, Baby Driver was as well. But it was mostly funded by him because um, they because all his films have been like produced by Universal. This was the first one that wasn't produced by Universal. It was done by Sony. And I remember when it came out, um, there, even before it came out, there was, like, billboards everywhere. There was, like, I was going through London in the tube. There was just posters for it everywhere. And I was like, this is pretty good. This looks amazing. And it's just kind of a shame the film did, mm. didn't do as great as it could have done. But it, it definitely won, like, a bunch of awards and stuff and nominations, which is really nice. Did you not wait? We're talking about Baby Driver, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you mean? Not as well as it as it could have. Well, I don't know. Do you like mean box office wise? It, or? it didn't do as well, like box office wise, for uh, compared to like say Hot Fuzz, um, or Shaun of, Shaun of the Dead. Um, because okay, I think well, Hot Fuzz, the box office for Baby Driver. Yeah. Actually, I don't. Was I'm not even sure. Two hundred. Yeah. It's two hundred twenty-six. No, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what like. How much it raked into the box box office actually? Wait, twenty two hundred twenty two 
100 million, really. 220, 226 million. Whoa. And it was 80.7 for Hot Fuzz. Oh, okay. Then in that so case, it's like, okay. Because I just assumed that it did badly. <laughs> I heard from someone. It, it, it has that sort of feel, though, doesn't it? Like, it's, yeah. it feels like it's a film that only <laughs> filmy people would like. Does that make sense? I guess, like, it, like, well, in a way, it sort of was, like, in that in that circle and for many people it was but like i don't know i don't know anyway fucking glad that it turned out well um because i only saw it in a i saw it um in a cinema with a couple friends of mine and uh they didn't like it and i was the only one i did and um yeah it was it was a weird experience (laughs) because um i don't know my friend was like kind of grumpy in the, in the cinema just watching it and i was like what, what's going on <laughs> this is a <laughs> this is a fun movie by edgar wright what <laughs> okay but yeah exactly I, like he, I, it, it's mm. he had good points but i just didn't agree with them <laughs> he had very well 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 said points but like it's just i don't know i didn't agree with them but one uh, aspect of baby driver though that i absolutely fell in love with which is what kind of it kind of spurred from Edgar Wright's own experience on it but the musical aspect of it which has always been like the the part that resonated with me the most while watching it was just how perfectly in time and in sync it was with the music and how the music was so important to the film and as a, as someone who loves music and as a massive musical lover it was so great to see all these like these these obscure tracks and also um, popular tracks being used in this context and in this like perfectly synced context that just works so well with the character and even like even like little details like how uh, baby has like one earphone in one ear and because of that the speakers are playing from that side of his of where his ear would be. Like oh really? It was in that much detail. Yeah, like the sound design is is pretty goddamn great in terms of like the amount of detail of where the sound goes. You hear what baby hears basically, and um, like the the because the character has tinnitus basically, and he like um, because he has tinnitus, you know, he has to, he has to put earphones. In his ear, the ears the entire time to kind of drown out the ringing. I don't know how that works. I don't have tinnitus, so I can't say. But like, <laughs> it's it's interesting how they play with that idea. Um, and it's definitely a film that I would recommend. Um, but also because how it plays with music and how it feels like a music video in certain instances, where I think it's uh, pretty freaking cool. Um, and it it's because Edgar Wright used to do music videos and still does music videos. He did one recently with Beck, actually. Um, oh, really? Yeah, he did like I forgot what what it was because I was looking on Is Instagram one day and I found out Edgar Wright made a new music video for Beck, and I was like, oh hell yeah! Yeah, I think it's it's Colors. It is from his must be from his new album. Yeah, it probably is. Part, yeah, yeah, it's good. He's done a few like he's. Um, oh, he did one with Pharrell Williams and Daft Punk. Oh, wait, did he? A few years before. Oh, wait, did he? What? Yeah, the, um, for Gust of Wind, 
which is a track that I don't remember off the off his album. Oh, Girl. oh wait, are you talking about? Um, sorry, I think he cut out a little bit, but like, I th- did you mention like like Edgar Wright did one for Daft Punk? I think. Yeah, yeah, it was da- it was it was him and Pharrell Williams. So I think it was a Pharrell Williams song featuring Daft Punk. No, I think it was actually. Um, no, I think Edgar Wright did do a uh, Daft Punk music video. I think, maybe. Did he? I don't know. Interesting, because I. I'm just having a flick through his Wikipedia, seeing what I can find. But yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> what I was going to say, um, Baby Driver seems like one of the, like, it's one of the rare good musical films that isn't a musical. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, music is a huge part of the film. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, and obviously not a film that is, like, based around, you know, music and the plot sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, music's, do you know what I mean? Like, playing music isn't part of the plot. It's just music becomes a part of the film itself. The part of the narrative, like the structure yeah, of it. Yeah, part of exactly. The, it's, it's a part, massive part of like what fuels the characters' like actions. It's like it's like how in the movie they're like, "Oh yeah, baby's the best driver in the business," and then they're like, "Yeah, he he's good because he, ta- he, he he's fueled by his music and like it's dumb. It's really dumb, but I love it because um, it's." Because it it's it's a very like actiony movie, and when I say actiony, I mean like it's completely fueled by like, like the action of the music and like the pulses yeah. of the of the soundtrack, while also having like Edgar's signature, um, crash zoom shots and like, um, like nice detailed um, shot um, choreography. It's all it's all there. Um, see, I didn't, I didn't realize that, um, like it only just hit me then that Edgar Wright was the director of Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah. <laughs> and I absolutely love that film. Yeah, dude. No, nah, he's one of my favorite directors. He, um, he did Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End, Scott Pilgrim, um, did one what a ITV. variety of films. Yeah, he did a TV show way before he did films, uh, called Spaced, which was where a lot of the actors from Shaun of the Dead came from, um, like Simon oh, like Pegg. Si- yeah, Simon Pegg. Yeah, Simon yeah. Pegg. And including, um, uh, including uh, Sean's, uh, in Sean of the Dead, uh, Sean has an ex-girlfriend, and that ex-girlfriend was actually a big part in Spaced, actually. A lot of actors from Sean of the Dead were in Spaced. Um, and so where Edgar Wright got his real, like, it, it was his first push into the industry was Spaced. He made a lot of, like, small indie films before he did anything else. Um and then he moved on, got bigger and bigger and bigger um, as a director, and uh, then he moved on to do um, Baby Driver, which was apparently a big hit. And um, yeah, no, he's always incorporated music in his films in some way that has always pushed the plot along or pushed an action scene, like all the way back to like Shaun of the Dead. How in a, there's like a bar scene where they're. Um, beating the shit out of a zombie with a stick while uh, Don't Stop Me Now is playing my queen. Um, <laughs> and the, and how they hit the zombie in time with the music. Like, even that, like, I think he's always experimented with music in some way in his films. And how Baby Driver is, like, the next step up where he's just really going with it. And, like... Did you know that... Sorry, continue. You go, you continue. Yeah, no. Um, like, one movie... Another movie I saw recently that incorporated music heavily was... Um, a film called um, 
Oh, what the hell? I completely forgot it. Um, <laughs> the one time. It's like the new Guillermo del Toro movie. Shape of Water, that's it. Um, Shape I have of these water. lapses of, of memory. But uh, Shape of Water was one film that definitely incorporated music incredibly well, similarly to Baby Driver, and it came out the same year. Um, but Shape of Water came out way later for us in the UK. Um, Americans got first, and we had to wait a while. But um, Shape of Water quickly became like one of my favorites of the entire year, just for how, um, how well it incorporated music into its story, and how... Um, it's all very classic, you know, 50s, 60s tracks. Um, but it's how, like, the, char the, the characters, the main characters, uh, form their bond. They form a bond through music. And how the, the funny fish man um, <laughs> loves, loves music. And that's sort of, like, how the protagonist girl um, gets to know the fish man through music. Um fish because she's a mute as well, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, so it's a fun little movie about um, about a, a woman who uh, falls in love with a funny fish man uh, who likes eggs. So that he, he really likes eggs. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was he step... that seems like a movie. It, it, like... Sorry, I was going to say it <laughs> sorry, seems like sorry, a movie that sorry, is pretty niche. Yeah, it is very there niche, but surprisingly, it worked really well. <laughs> it's it worked incredibly well. Um, the story about how the movie came to be was actually uh, it was a film in the making since 1956 um, or 58. Jesus Christ! It, yeah, no, it's been in the making since 1958, and that was because uh, Guillermo del Toro, the director, as a child, he watched uh, he watched a movie called um, The Creature from the Black Lagoon. And it just come out back in 1958. He was a little kid, a little kid growing up, slowly. And he watched the movie, and he was very disappointed by it because he actually wanted the woman to fall in love with the fish man. Um, he actually w expected uh, her to fall in love and there to be a love story. Uh, never happened. Uh, and he said to himself, as a little child, I want to make a. I want to make my own creature from the Black Lagoon. This time they fall in love and they and they're happy and it's happily ever ever after. Um, <laughs> see, from what I can see here, he was trying to. He was pitching to Universal to do a direct remake. Yeah, like where they fall in love and they just rejected it outright. Yeah, because it's like so a it's classic. It's movie. a classic IP and they didn't want to. They, they felt like it was like sacrilege. So what they did instead was like make my own original film that's close to it but not all the way um so yeah that's what he did and it was it ended so up it's being quite a... pretty amazing <laughs> i love it it's like my favorite love story because it's not it's ridiculous in every single way it's the most ridiculous fucking movie i think i've ever watched but it works so well and even guillermo was like in interviews he was like i know it's ridiculous i know it's silly but I try to make it like as personal and like as beautiful as I can make it, and and I think he did. I think he succeeded. It's um, the design itself of the creature is fantastic. The um, story, mm. the story in general, is like incredibly well written, despite being very cliche. It is very cliche, but that does not mean it's bad. Um, the a lot of people like when making reviews and stuff, they always say like, "Oh, that's cliche. Oh, that that means it's bad." No. <laughs> Just because it has like <laughs> uh, something, it has a, a plot element that's used a lot doesn't mean it's 
a bad film. It's a very well done movie that has a lot of really nice scenes. Um, oh yeah, and spoiler alert: uh, she fucks the mm. fish. That happened. of course she fucks. The fish. <laughs> <laughs> what I was, what I was gonna say was, it seems like such a like not even that niche of a movie, but it's similar to what I was thinking for. What was the movie we were just talking about before? Um, uh, baby, fucking, baby driver. Um, baby driver. It's a movie that maybe only really like people who like films and like that sort of side of it would like. Do you know what I mean? It's like it, it's really. It's like a maze. Yeah. It's a love letter to old films. So yeah. Can have a guess what the box office was for it. It it got it got so much in the box office. I cannot believe how much. it oh, got. Oh god, yeah. No, it was it was a huge success as well in the in the awards as well. In the Jeez, uh, <laughs> 186 million though, like 186 million. Mm-hmm. There are great films that don't even like hit that. Like, that's amazing. Like, I, isn't it? I'm like surprised actually myself. I didn't think the movie like garnered that much. Actually, I'm glad because like, I'm glad that a film like that, like this, actually got it because um, it deserves it. I freaking love Shape of Water in every single way. I think it's one of Guillermo del Toro's best films actually. It's um. Did it's also pretty f- brutal. Sorry. It's also pretty brutal. Also, were you gonna yeah. say sorry? I was gonna say, did we end up finishing talking about Black Panther and why you didn't like it? Oh yeah, no, we never did. Um, I didn't like it because it's boring <laughs> it and like... it's too hyped up. The reason why I hate it, though, um, on the surface I don't like it. It's just a boring, another boring Marvel movie. But why I hate it <clears throat> is actually not because of the film itself. I hate it because it's. Because it like, because of all of the hype around it, people saying it's like one of the best films ever. And I was watching the Oscars the other day, and they fucking mm. featured footage from the movie as like an example of classic films. That is really? that's where we're at now. That is officially where we're this, at. <laughs> is this just because of the? Um, do you know what I mean? It's like it's. Mm, it stars black actors. It stars. It's directed by a. Bl- it's it's black. It's directed by a black man. It has black actors in it. It has a story set in Africa. It it, it starts literally in Oakland. It's um diverse guys. Uh, it's the first black superhero movie ever made. <laughs> Forget Blade. That doesn't inherently forget. Yeah, it doesn't inherently make it good. <laughs> yeah, it's like fucking Blade. It's like if they're forgetting Blade. Like Blade was the coolest freaking movie, and that that and it was like, come on, what are you what are you doing, guys? There were black superheroes before Black Panther. Why are you having like a double standard for this one? It's like. Like, he was a vampire, Blade was, but he was still, like, a vampire superhero, realistically. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, like, a- it's like we're going back to, like, when George Lucas was talking about Red Tails, and he's like, oh, yeah, this is the first uh, movie with black people in it. It's like, yeah, forget oh, about <laughs> forget about 12 Years a Slave. Forget about, like, um, pretty much, like, every... <laughs> Every black exploitation movie that's ever come out in the 1970s. Yeah, let's just forget about that. <laughs> it's like, it just because it has black people in it doesn't necessarily make it revolutionary. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, it's a great, it's a great part of um, film history. There's no doubt about that. Like, it's, but 
that's more of the behind the scenes stuff. Like obviously like Blade, obviously like Kate, it's headed by Wesley Snipes, a black man. But, you know, then there's Jessica Beale and Ryan Reynolds, like two of the whitest people you know, sort of thing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's and I understand like, okay, Black Panther, a lot of the supporting cast, and even like the main cast are black, obviously. But it doesn't inherently inherently make it a good movie. It's just, just okay. Because it's like, it's just a f- okay, fine movie. But then there are people that willingly are saying, "Yes, this is one of the best films ever." Oh, this is amazing. This is a great film. Oh, hell yeah! It's like a black dude in my college who like sucks this movie's dick so hard because there's <laughs> black people in it, and I'm just. Shut up. That, that's not a good reason oh, it's so to like movie. It's like, oh, it's like, no, it's oh not. yeah, it has people that have my skin color in it. Look, man, who gives a shit? <laughs> Just I, I, I judge movies based no, exactly. on them being like good. Doesn't matter like whether it panders to my skin color or not or my culture. It matters like whether it's a good movie. I liked Get Out. Not be- I like the film Get Out, not because it was a horror movie about, like, not because it was a horror movie about the horrors of being a black man in a white household. I liked it because it was a fun horror movie that actually, like, made me feel things, and it was fun to watch. <laughs> Nothing to do with, like, about the actual message behind it. I just enjoyed the film. <laughs> Exactly. I think people, they delve into it. You know, they delve into movies. Do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you just need to watch it at face value. Sometimes you just need to take it what it is. Mm. Sort of thing. People, like, they look into the message too much, and they look into things that aren't there, and they make their own assumptions and all that sort of thing, which is all well and good, but, like, some people take it to a point where it's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, with Black Panther. Oh, he's obviously trying to... Like, who knows? Bloody... The producer and the director behind Black Panther might not have thought this was going to happen. Like, they might have thought it was going to happen, but they didn't want it to happen. Do you know what I mean? They're just trying to make a movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But then, it's it's not the people... A lot of the times, it's not the people who make the movie. It's everybody else. It's social media. It's um, mainstream media. It's the news. Blah, blah, blah. And they're the ones who pump it up as, this is the greatest movie ever. But then, obviously, like, things like the Oscars, that's... Actors have a big part in. Well... Do you know what I mean? Like, they have a big say in that sort of... Well, thing. it's also big... Like, the, the, it's not just... It's not just um, the the acting that... Or the... What, what prevents this from being a good movie, ultimately, and is why I actually despise the film... People are saying that this is a master. This is like one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. Yet, there is a scene in the movie where Black Panther's sister looks at his shoes and says, What are those? Uh, I am not joking. That That happens in the movie. That hurts. So bad. That meme, that meme makes it into the movie very early on, and you, you, there's barely anyone in the cinema at when I was there, 
But when that happened, I let out an audible groan. It was it was loud enough for everyone to hear, and I think everyone agreed with me when that part happened. I think I saw someone walk out of the cinema when that <laughs> happened. I don't. I'm not. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I was like, I wish I could do that, but I don't have a ride home. <laughs> she just fucking. So crossed. I have to stay. I have to stay and watch this. Um. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> the acting ridiculous. was fine. The acting was really good. They 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 played the roles well, but I wouldn't say that it's like the greatest film ever because there are moments like what are those? Where I'm thinking, why in the name of God is this film being held to such a high standard to the point where? It appeals to such normie memes. I can't even. Ugh. It's bad. So, so yes, don't watch Black Panther. <clears throat> is that That's is that how we should it. is that how we should end it? Just on. Yes. Don't watch Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, I think it's about right. <laughs> this has been On We Talk, a We Are On We production, hosted by me, Matthew Winter. You can find more episodes of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, and Google Play, as well as on our website, ennui.tv, and on youtube.com slash onweetv1.